I need to start listening to far more Beach Boys because they they sound like they're just a really fun group. Bed rotting is a thing, and we need to force our kids to get out of the bed. And we have another example of face tattoo syndrome. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you guys had a great day yesterday and a good day going so far today. It is Friday. Yay! Uh, I did take yesterday off. I had a kind of a small book emergency I had to deal with, and that took all day. So I decided just to skip the podcast. And I'm glad I did because actually the news has been insane overnight. So let's talk about the news because <laughs> there's a ton of it. All right. So I one day, one day. And I had no news to cover yesterday. I would have had no news. And today all over the place. So let's get to it because I only have like nine minutes to get through this stuff. So Biden has signed an executive order that will activate 3,000 reservists. And that means, and he did this for this Atlantic operation in uh, Ukraine, Operation Atlantic Resolve. This was something started in 2014 due to the invasion of Crimea by Russia. So he's decided he's going to activate 3,000 troops, send them to the European theater. Now, theoretically, nobody's supposed to go to Ukraine to fight in Ukraine, but you got to wonder what's going on with this, what these guys are actually doing. Okay, so he set, he uh, signed a bill yesterday. By the authority vested in me as president of the con- by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, I hereby determine that it is necessary to augment the active armed forces of the United States for the effective conduct of Operation Atlantic Resolve in and around the United States European Command's area of responsibility. Now, here's what concerns me. This is what happened in Vietnam. Vietnam started of started as just a little thing. We'll send some troops over there, and then it just went to 10,000, then it went to 50, then it went to 100, then it went to a half million troops. I mean, this is where this Ukrainian thing is going. And there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. And it's pretty scary that you have to activate 3,000 troops, reserve troops, send them, take them out of their jobs, because that's essentially what they're doing take them out of their jobs, take them out of their day-to-day life, send them to Europe because you need other troops to deal with things in Ukraine. Another major issue, or here's the reality, we don't know what they're doing. And I'd really be curious as to what exactly are is our military doing that we need to up it by 3,000 troops? Now, there is the other thing, our kids are fat today, and none of them can pass the PT uh, in the military. And so we, quite honestly, are probably just don't have a lot of troops anymore. But this really brings to question either our military preparedness. Are we ready? We already know we're running out of 155 millimeter rounds. We're running out of ammunition. Joe Biden said that which is why he sent cluster bombs to Ukraine. 
And we already know that the military is down about 20% of recruitment. So are we unprepared for a war? Or the other question that is begged is what exactly is going on in Ukraine that we need to send troops there now? I don't know. And we're not getting answers. And nobody seems to be doing anything but giving Ukraine shit. That's all that seems to be happening. We're just giving Ukraine shit. Nothing seems to be going on in this country to fix our problems or see that we have problems or even to find problems. You ran out of 155 millimeter shells, the most common shell for large artillery. I, you didn't know this was going to happen? You didn't know sending all that shit over to Ukraine could make it that we deplete our military? What have you been doing the last two and a half years? Almost three years. So this is something that's bothersome. Joe Biden wasn't done. Yesterday he decided to violate the Constitution and the Supreme Court ruling and hand out student loan forgiveness. So according to Fox News, the U.S. Department of Education announced on Friday that it will, quote, begin notifying more than 804,000 borrowers that they have a total of $39 billion in Federal Reserve student loans that will be automatically discharged in the coming weeks, weeks, end quote. So, F the Supreme Court. They don't know what they're doing. We're just going to do it anyway. Now, granted, it isn't a trillion dollars. It's only $39 billion, and I don't know where 804000 where $39 billion is going to be forgiven for 804000 but okay, it works. Secretary of Education Michael Cardona, Cardona, who is completely over his head in his job, he sat there and said, quote, For too, far too long, borrowers fell through the cracks of a broken system that failed to keep accurate track of their progress towards forgiveness. They signed loans, okay? No one tied their arms up and had them sign the loan papers. They signed loan papers. They did this on their own free will. But as we're fighting with our government, there is no free will. So these people now need to have their loans forgiven. Today, the Biden-Harris administration is taking another historic step to right these wrongs and announcing a $39 billion in debt relief for another 804,000 borrowers. By fixing past administrative failures, we are ensuring that everyone gets the forgiveness they deserve, just as we had done it for public servants, students, students who were cheated by their colleges and borrowers with permanent disabilities, including veterans. Okay, so why don't you go after those people? Why don't you go after the college, colleges? Why don't you go after the banks that are actually loaning these people? I mean... If you're going to spend $104,000 on a gender studies degree, first off, the person that is actually signing that loan paper, they're an idiot, and they should already know. But the banks should know, no, I'm not going to loan this guy $104,000 for a job he's going to get paid $28,000 for. Likewise, why is the college sitting back and giving these education options to these individuals? Now, we're not talking lawyers or doctors. We're talking about liberal arts degrees, English, political science, communications. What a worthless degree. That's what these people are getting. I mean, they should, as far as I'm, not only should they not get, they should get increased 
tuition because they they pick such stupid things. Go after them. Leave the taxpayer money alone. But they, they won't do that. This administration will not stop fighting to level the playing field in higher education. And by the way, higher education, um, higher education is typically for rich people in the first place. So, you know, good job, Biden administration, for helping rich people out. Uh, it doesn't really matter. This is going to be kicked out of the Supreme Court. And $39 billion? What's $39 billion? Screw it, between friends. At least it's not a trillion. So Biden just ended his NATO trip. He just got back today. Uh, and it was a disaster. So he got there. And all of it's on video. Um, he was ignored by other leaders. So basically, Joe Biden was sitting in the back and just kind of looking around, not really knowing what's going on. He confused Voldemort Zelensky with Vladimir Putin at least one time in the same speech, in, in, the, in the same speech in which he confused Russia with Ukraine. So that must have been great. The look on Zelensky's face was hysterical. By the way, what is up with this guy? Will Ukraine lose the war if he decides to put on a suit when he goes to any? Every time I see the guy, he's wearing fatigues and a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. Can I give you a little update on something? Zelensky's not fighting in the war. He does not need to wear fatigues. He is not going to be hiding with his, his AK-47 shooting at the Russians. Matter of fact, all I see him doing is globetrotting, begging for money. That's all I see the guy doing. Does he think for us, if I were president of the United States and Zelensky was going to make a trip to the United States to get another half, bill, half trillion dollars, um, and that's an exaggeration, of course, he came to the United States, I would say, well, you can see me, but you better be wearing a freaking suit. I mean, the guy is just, he's an actor. That's all he is. He's an actor. And don't forget, he, he was hired. He was elected. He was an entertainer before. And some of the entertainment he was doing was really kind of risque. I mean, he was really out there. He was a comedian. So, I mean, it, it was funny shit. I thought it was funny stuff. But, I mean, he was a comedian. So anyway, so he confused Zelensky with Putin. He include he confused Russia with Ukraine, and by the way, he did that in the same speech. It's all recorded. I didn't even bother playing it because it's just so typical. Um, he again was asked a bunch of questions about domestic issues like the cocaine that was found in the White House. By the way, here's a shocker: after 11 days of investigation, there could have been 500 people. This is according to the Secret Service, could have been 500 people who had that cocaine, so we'll never know who did it. What a shocker. All the cameras in that building, and they didn't catch who dropped a thing of cocaine. <coughs> Hunter. Okay, so, you know, that's great. So he never answered any questions about that. Um, he stumbled going up Air Force One again. That was awesome. Caught on camera. But don't worry. Don't worry. He is going to Camp David to go on another much-needed vacation today because, you know, he's only spent 41% of his presidency on vacation. So that's good. At least he's going to get some time off. All right. This came out today. And by the way, the, last, uh, uh, the first two stories came out today and yesterday. So it was good that I did this podcast today and just skipped yesterday. Uh, in 2010, uh, yes, I'm making excuses. In 2010 and 2011, 
New York authorities discovered 11 sets of human remains strewn along uh, the suburban Long Island Beach Highway. Okay. Um, this was called Gig Gilgo Beach in um, New Jersey. I believe it's in New York, but it, Long Island. I thought, I don't know, New York, I guess. Uh, so they realized they had a serial killer on their hands. Now, a lot of people also thought this could be organized crime. There was a lot of inform there was a lot of things about these killings that were kind of odd. They were all hookers. Okay. There was a thought for a while that maybe this was this was organized crime, maybe a prostitution ring, and these broads got out of line. Things like that. I shouldn't call them broads because they're dead. But anyway, police have finally arrested somebody named Rex Huerman. Huerman. He was an architect, had his own business. Apparently, he did it. So, there's very little information on this case as of yet, but that's very, very interesting. Uh, I love true crime. I can't wait to hear about this guy and his excuses and all this stuff. He's an older guy. Uh, again, I just found the name. I don't know anything about him. Okay, so, let's see. Other news. Uh, more than two months after defending its rules about the inclusion of men who think they're women into women's cycling, the Union Cyclist International has finally banned trans cyclists from competing against women. Good for them. Uh, about time. Not a shock. Every time they have a psych, uh, trans, uh, they have this uh, man competing against a woman, he's easily a foot taller than they are. He looks. They look like they're on steroids. They probably, well, they're on hormones one way or the other so I, I don't know how that's legal but they finally banned them good for them i don't think women are doing enough for this like i said this earlier this week i'd like to see women actually protest a little bit about this hint 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 miss universe hint 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 international soccer canada has a trans soccer player which is kind of weird because it, and he's easily six seven inches taller than any of the women he he stands out you're not going to miss him on the field so other sports need to do this but i'll give you i'll give you my opinion every time there's a this these sports organizations allow these men to join in i hope they win i hope the men win okay and dylan mulvaney the man who single-handedly destroyed Bud Light because he said he was a woman has gone to Peru. And he had pretty good reason to go to Peru, according to his TikTok video. Let's listen. I've seen a lot of llamas, and the people here are so kind. I feel very safe here. It's a little sad that I had to leave my country to feel safe, but that will get better eventually. And you know, it's amazing. I, Dylan, who made his millions... And he's probably worth a couple of million dollars now. Uh, he made all this money from TikTok. That's where he made all this money. And I got to tell you something. He needs to ease off the 4K camera. He looks more and more like an old woman. And I say that as a compliment because he looks like a man. But he looks like an old woman. He really needs to ease off of the... Ease off the ease off the 4K cameras. Get himself one of those old cameras from those flip phones way back when, and then start filming himself there. 
Uh, yeah, he looks bad. But I also want to point out, you know, oh, he feels safe in Peru. Really? You feel safe in Peru? Now, okay, stay in Peru. Stay in Peru. He won't, of course, because... When he comes, he's not going to make any money in Peru because if trans people are like parrots in Peru, no one's going to look at this guy, not think twice about him. So he, if he wants to keep making money, he needs to come back to the United States. And by the way, he's he's beginning, his 15 minutes are about up. Let's call it what it is. His 15 minutes are about up. People are getting bored with him. So, but congratulations on what you did to Bud Light. I, I'm impressed with that. Okay, so let's get to our dumbass of the day. I got I got to tell you something. I, I it it amazes me that I called I changed this segment. It used to be called the Kamalaism segment, and I changed it to dumbass of the day because I wanted to use my donkey soundbite. It amazes me that I did that. It seems to me that one of the more important things I should have done is just call it Kamalaism because for the third time this week, Kamala Harris has won Dumbass of the Day. And this was truly special. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if I have anything different to say about this that I haven't already said. So let, let's, let's listen to her. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine and, and we can predict then, if we think about what, machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. Oh, my God. Okay, first off, <laughs> um, we got we to gotta really ask a serious question. Is she that dumb? Or do we, does she think we are that dumb? And by the way, you can tell, I, I personally think it's a little bit of both, but it's mostly she is that dumb. She's definitely unprepared. She definitely did not look this stuff up. She doesn't know what AI is. Artificial intelligence is basically, yes, it's, it's software that actually learns. It learns from, and inputs do make the difference. But in this entire speech about artificial intelligence, she doesn't understand any of the conflicts, the moral or the ethical problems of artificial... And by the way, she never even talked about it. Moral and ethical issues that come with artificial intelligence. She doesn't know what the dangers are. She has no idea. All she does know what it is is that A and I are two letters and they stand for artificial intelligence. Now, one of these days, we're going to have to talk about artificial intelligence because people have really come to fear it, and I don't think you should. All right, I really don't think there's anything to fear with artificial intelligence if the right people are using it. Like I said, I was in the IT field. We used artificial intelligence, Our, and it was very good. It was very good, but we controlled the level of access that artificial intelligence had. 
So do I think that we should have artificial intelligence working with our nuclear silo systems? Yes. But the question is going to be, well, how much access and how much can artificial intelligence actually change? And she is right about one thing here is it comes up with opinions and things, and that's based on how it is configured. That is true. Um, and you can tell that. Ask, just go and ask uh, open, uh, open uh, AI, can a man be a woman? And it will tell you, yes. Well, that's an opinion. That's not a scientific fact. So, yes, that it is converted to, to have certain opinions. So we need to take AI with a grain of salt. It'll get better. But this woman, my God, and she's the head of AI. She's the head of intelligence. Yeah, she'll fuck that one up too. All right, so that was our dumbass of the day. Congratulations to Kamala Harris. You, have, uh, you are our first three-time winner. And I, I think by the time the weekend ends, she'll be our fourth-time winner. So let's get to it. Now, this makes fun of something that I take very seriously, and that is the death of art. Okay, Heather McDonald released a book earlier this year called When, Trump Re, uh, when Race Trumps Merit. And you should read that book. It is very good. It is very disturbing. It will terrify and piss you off. Well, one of the sections, it talks about how Mozart, Monet, Shakespeare, Michelangelo, all have been demonized simply because of their race, because they're white. And it's not even their race. Mozart, Monet, Shakespeare, Michelangelo, they're all from different places. Mozart's German. Monet is, um, Monet is French. Shakespeare is English. Michelangelo's Italian. I mean, you've got to sit back and you've got to wonder, you know, you guys are grouping all these people just because of their skin color. They're not the same. But anyway, they're all being demonized because they're white. And I will argue this is evil. These people on the left are actually throwing away the art of Monet, the music of Mozart, the writing of Shakespeare, and the inventiveness and sculpture of Michelangelo simply because they're white people. And that is terrible. And it is creating a very static world. I mean, Cardi B. I One person once told me, oh, well, you know, Mozart, he's so boring. He's so blah, blah, blah. I said, but it's been 300 years and you know who Mozart is. In 300 years, are they going to know who Cardi B is? No, because Mozart makes technically beautiful music, and it is objectively beautiful music. Now, we should fight this evil. The best way we can fight this evil is make fun of it. Thomas More said, The devil, the proud spirit, cannot endure to be mocked. So what we do is we make fun of stupid shit like this. And, of course, they'll get upset and all that stuff. Well, Mike Love of the Beach Boys... He decided to tackle evil head-on, this evil head-on. And even though this article makes it sound like he's actually afraid to deal with this evil, he's not. He's actually mocking it. According to the Daily Wire, former Beach Boy Mike Love announced that at a recent concert that he was afraid to perform the band's hit song, Surfer Girl, fearing backlash because the lyrics were gender-specific. Love expressed his concern with a jab aimed at Anheuser-Busch. 
and the recent brouhaha surrounding the company's belief but ill-fated partnership with trans-identifying influencer Dylan Mulvaney, joking that he hoped there wasn't anyone from Budweiser. So here's the clip. Let's listen to the clip. Work ethic. I don't know where we're going to get it, but we'll, we'll find something. At any rate, this next song I'm a little concerned about doing on account of this gender specific. Yes. I hope there's nobody from Budweiser here. And that's how you win the culture war. You make fun of the crap. And don't think that, you know, this was posted by a liberal. He or she or whatever it is was upset about this thing. But it's good to see that there are bands out there, there are groups, there are entertainers out there that just don't buy any of this crap. And I'm not even saying the Beach Boys are a conservative group. I kind of doubt it. But it's good that they're sitting back and saying, okay, this, this is stupid. And we're not going to tolerate this. We're not going to deal with this. And you already see this from a lot of bands, very popular bands. No one's going to take away from the Beach Boys. There's no way anybody is going gonna, is gonna to take the Beach Boys and throw them away, throw them in the woodpile of history. They're not going to be canceled. Also, these guys are all in their 70s and 80s. They just don't care. You can't teach a dog new tricks. They don't care. And finally, they're not the only one. You got bands like Leonard Skinner out there that are saying, you know what, Psh, throwing up a, a Kid Rock is another one. They don't care. And let them come after us. So that's, that's pretty awesome. I wish a lot of bands who don't buy this thing would actually buy into it. Here's the reality. A lot of entertainers, a lot of the entertainment industry, this is all virtue signaling. That's all this. They don't actually believe any of that crap. And you've got some who actually go really far to virtue signal. I believe it was Charlize Theron this week. Actually adopted two African kids, two black African kids, and transed them. Now both the boys, they're African boys, they're both wearing dresses now. And she's screaming about, yeah, Two boys from Africa who were adopted from Africa secretly needed to leave Africa because they were trans boys. How does that happen? Those boys were not her kids. She doesn't see them as her kids. She doesn't see them as children. She doesn't give a shit about their well-being. For her, they're like her purse. They're an accessory. They're there for her to virtue signal. I just wish there were a lot of actors that would just stop doing this. Okay, so this is a thing, and I didn't realize it was a serious thing. I didn't realize it was even that com comment. I have children. I have grandchildren. And one of the things I've noticed, it, it drives me absolutely crazy, is how they're constantly in bed all day. If they're not at school or they're not at work, they're in bed. At first, I thought this was just because they were lazy. And that probably is 
some of that. They are kind of lazy. Um, and I don't understand it. I was, I, I just don't know how you'd want to sit in bed all day. I was never allowed to be in bed all day. Heck, I wasn't allowed to be in my room for more than an hour before I had to get out of my room and go outside. I mean, I was forced outside. And then it got to the point where I just got used to it. I always had something to do, so I just left. And when I hit 16, 17, 18, I never was home, much less in bed all day. So it turns out that this is not just something that I'm experiencing in life. This is a dangerous new trend that Gen Z is doing called bed rotting. It actually has a name. According to Fox News, lounging in bed all day might seem lazy, but some Gen Z trend followers are now embracing it as a form of self-care. Bed rotting, the practice of spending long periods of time snuggled under covers with snacks, snacks, screens, and other creature comforts, is gaining popularity in social media. The unofficial definition per Urban Dictionary is, quote, the Gen Z term for staying in bed for days on end, bringing on Netflix, TikTok, and Hinge, end quote. Again, this is enough reason to get off social media. Get off the computer. Turn off the screens for a bit of time. I've got a bet with my wife right now that we are not going to use the phones after we get home and spend the night watching movies. We're going to stay off the phones. We'll see how long that lasts. Continuing with the article, are these extended siestas really wise for one's mental health or could they be a cause for concern? Dr. Ryan Sultan, a board-certified psychiatrist, research professor at Columbia University in New York, and medical director of Integrative Psych New York City, who treats many young patients, called the bed riding trend fascinating. Well, I, I wouldn't exactly call it fascinating. I think it's kind of sick. But, you know, hey, that's what they do. In, quote, in our current culture, with too much to do, too many expectations, and too many too much productivity, many individuals are feeling burned out and often aren't getting enough sleep, Sultan told Fox News Digital. Dr. Ryan Sultan, a board-certified psychiatrist, research professor at Columbia University in New York, and medical director, oh, I'm sorry, I read that already, quote, it's easy to see why taking time off to lie around, literally, is appealing, he went on. In many ways, this is beneficial. It's a chance to clear your mind, recharge, and regroup before returning to life in a better frame of mind. On the flip side, however, he said a long-term need or desire for bed rotting could be a warning sign. Okay, um, this is where you can see that our most intelligent elite ain't that intelligent. Sitting in bed all day I mean, if you've been working 12 hours, yeah, and, and for six, for five days a week, five days, yeah, I could see sitting in bed all day or lounging on the couch all day. But if you're going to school for six hours and then you go straight home and right into bed under the covers and sleep till eight o'clock, I mean, there are people out there that the only thing they get up for is to eat and then go back to bed or get something to eat and then go back to bed. Or look for their phone charger and then go back to bed. I mean, common sense says I don't need to be a board-certified psychiatrist and medical doctor to say this is probably not good for you. Well, the article continues and basically confirms this is not good for you. 
Okay, so some of the issues that could come about that the article brings up, depression, it could mess with sleep schedules, decreased motivation, you just don't care to do things, you decide not to do anything, no hobbies, nothing like that, increased body weight, you get fatter because you're not moving, binge eating, you have nothing to do, so either stay on your phone or eat, blood clots, especially in the legs, increased blood pressure because you're not working your heart at all. Antisocial behavior. Well, duh. I'm, I'm sorry. You needed to sit there and say this is antisocial? Bad for stress. Because here's the reality. If you have things that have to be done, laying in bed doesn't get that shit done. So the best thing is to get up and do it instead of putting it back. It basically is pushing procrastination. And finally, worsens fatigue. Have you ever had those nights where you sleep 12 hours? You haven't slept 12 hours in forever and then you wake up and for the rest of the day you're, you're, you're sluggish? You're more tired than you were if you hadn't slept for 12 hours? Same thing. This trend is like the conscious quitting thing, okay? Where people do the absolute minimum of their jobs. Of course, then those people bitch about being stuck in the same old job. Or they use that as an excuse for being late all the time. Well, yeah, I'm late, but it's just my my life and blah, blah, blah. There's a video I'm going to play later. Actually, I'm going to play this video now where this gal is talking and bitching and moaning because she can't be expected to show up at work on time. What kind of asinine thing is that? She was going to be my dumbass of the day, but I decided to pick Kamala because she she had the winner. Let's listen to this gal basically prove my point. So I just got yelled at for asking a very reasonable question. So I'm applying to go somewhere and I just wanted to know, are there accommodations for people who struggle with time blindness and being on time? You know. And then the person I was with interrupted and acted like I was asking something else. And then when we were done, they actually started yelling at me and saying that accommodations for time blindness doesn't exist. And if you struggle with being on time, you'll never be able to get a job. You know, provided you're trying your absolute best to be there. And then they're like, your stupid generation wants to destroy the workplace. And yeah, I think that a culture where workers are just cut off because they struggle with being on time when there's other solutions that we can look to. I think that just anybody who thinks it's okay to just treat people like that. Yeah, that culture needs to be dismantled. And then I asked that person, how can you feel good about yourself upholding this kind of system? And then to think, I'm entitled. No, if people think it's okay to treat others like this, that's entitlement. In the real world, we just call this lazy. This is entitled. She can sit there and claim... And by the way, there are a lot of videos on the internet, especially TikTok, that talk about this, that I can't be on time and they fired me. I was only late three dozen times... And yeah, you're, I mean, it's being on time is not only showing that you're a conscientious worker, it shows respect for your job. You can't be on time. I got news to you. Go to Russia and China. Do you think they're not on time? Go to another country that has a different system than we do and see if being on time is a thing. I guarantee you, the only difference between being late in this country and being late, let's say, in China is in this country, we only fire you. In China, they send you to a gulag. That's a true thing, by the way. And then you're slave labor. 
It's just an incredible, I mean, this is the kind of mentality, and bed rotting, conscious quitting, this is all the same in the same boat. It's all the same thing. But no one seems to want to do anything about it. So, you know, good luck to this this gal. Good luck to these people. You want to, okay, you want to go out and, you want to go out and be lazy and not show up to work on time? Good, try it. See how it works. Because I got news for you, even the most liberal of businesses, and we talked about this, the most liberal of businesses, Starbucks, Disney, right? Target, guess what? They're going to require you to be on time. You know why? Because time is money. And if you're not on time, they lose money. And guess what? This whole lefty uh, woke thing only goes so far when a company starts losing money. Ask Target, ask Bud Light. Okay, let's get to our last story, and I wasn't going to skip this story. I'm probably going to have to increase this podcast to 45 minutes, but this story is too great to let go, and it really shows a trend in this country In this country that I just, and this isn't even from this country, but it's a trend on social influencers that I think we should probably discuss. So according to the New York Post, This big-breasted influencer doesn't have a whole lot of support. A model with size M-cup boobs is opening up about how people treat her differently all around the world, calling out Americans in particular. Jasmine Day, and of course she spells Jasmine J-A-Z-M-Y-N-E. Jesus Christ, come on. That's not how you spell Jasmine. Day claims people stare at her and harass her over her large breasts. Now, just to give you an update here, she wasn't born with this stuff. She already had size D cup breasts. She had inserts to make them into size M breasts. Now, here's the big question I have for you. What the hell did she think people were going to do? She inserted M cup breasts. breasts. Did she think people weren't going to look at her? And if she didn't think people were going to look at her, why did she put him in in the first place? This is stupid. This is what Ben Shapiro calls face tattoo syndrome. That's when the guy puts this big tattoo on his face and then starts getting upset when you look at it. All right, they get offended. They look at it. Now, here's the thing that this broad doesn't quite understand. Do you think people are looking at her because she looks now really sexy with these size M breasts, these breast cups of M size? Do you think she, they're looking at her because they all want her? Of course not. This is all negative attention. They're looking at her because she looks freakish. She looks bizarre. If you go to Dumbass Talking Politics, go to the New York um, Post article and look at the pictures. They got about a dozen pictures on that page. She, they don't look real. They look like balloons. They look fake. And she's an attractive woman. Don't get me wrong. But she looks like a freak now. Let's continue with the article. The 29-year-old from Wales told news.com.au that people in the U.S. very openly react to her appearance and are, quote, very forward, end quote, about it. 
They will laugh and point and stop and stare. They won't make any effort to hide what they're doing, she said. See, again, this is, um, this is negative attention. She's not getting good attention here. She's getting negative attention. The model said the only time people in the states in the states aren't up front is when they try and sneak into the picture. Okay, I must have skipped something here. Uh, here here's what she's basically saying. They're worse in the United States. Okay, in the United States, people will actually more discreetly but start taking pictures of her. I do this. If I see a freak, I'll take a picture of him. Now I'm not exactly discreet about it. I'll take a picture because obviously you want to look like a freak. But here's the thing. These people, these social media influencers, and if you've got kids at home, you've got kids that want to be social media influence. I want to be a social media influencer. Who, who's kidding who? But the fact of the matter is this is what they do. They go out of their way to get negative, any type of attention, even negative attention. Now, there are only three ways to be popular on social media. Be a victim, be a freak, or put down the United States. And that and she does all three here. She's a victim because she's of her breasts, which by the way, this isn't a disability. She did that to herself. She is a um, making fun of the United States. Well, because the United States are ruder than they are in England, which be honest with you, I think that's bullshit. I don't think that's true. And for, um, what was the third? Be a freak. She made herself into a freak. Now, I've never heard of this gal. Never have I seen her before until I saw this article. So, And I'm on social media pretty, much, pretty constantly. So apparently she's not that popular. But this is the problem with social media influencers. These are the people that want to be celebrities without with doing the absolute minimum. All right, and this is the best way to do it. Make yourself into a freak and then bitch about being a victim. And then for some reason blame the United States for sitting there and saying, "God, that's a freak." Okay. <clears throat> well, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, love you all. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.